Welcome to The Art of Social Media, a podcast by Social Pilot. We host in-depth discussions with world-leading social media marketing experts that will help you discover the techniques, strategies, and skills you need to use to grow your business using social media. Now, here's your host, Tejas Mehta. Welcome to The Art of Social Media. I'm very excited to have Joe Pulizzi with us today. Joe is the founder of multiple startups, including content creator education site, The Tilt, content entrepreneur event, Creator Economy Expo, and is a best-selling author of seven books, including Content Inc. and Epic Marketing, which was named as a must-read business book by Fortune magazine. Joe, welcome to the show. Really excited to have you here. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to uh, speaking on social media a little bit different than my normal content marketing. So this will be fun. We are going to try and get secret sauce of content marketing as well. So we're not going to leave you, spare you there. So <laughs> be ready for that. I'm ready. Let's do it. Awesome. Joe, every hero has an origin story. What is your origin story? How did you get started? Tejas, I was lucky enough to get into business to business publishing when I was basically right after graduating college. I wanted to get into sports marketing. And then I realized that all the money goes to the players and the front office and not necessarily the people working in sports marketing. And I'm like, I don't know. I'd, I would really like to make a good living. Went on and got my master's degree at uh, Penn State University and then kind of went from job to job and was lucky enough to get involved at a company called Penton Media. And my department was Penton Custom Media. Basically, we were all about custom publishing and custom publishing today is known as content marketing. And what we did is different from the rest of the country, the company at that time that were selling exhibit space or they were selling print advertisements in business to business magazines. We were trying to create magazines for our clients. We were trying to create events for our clients. We were trying and then into blog posts and social media and into webinar programs and podcasts and all those types of things. So we were doing this pretty early. So this was back in 2000 that I started getting into this and saw that this thing was going to be huge because everyone needed their own content to go through all these social media pipes. If you wanted to get found in Google, you had to create your own content. And a lot of the companies we were working with just didn't have the processes set up to do that. And then during that time, I just, and this is from a sales standpoint, I started selling content marketing services or custom publishing services at the time, talking to marketers. And I would be calling a custom media or custom publishing and they would immediately fall asleep. They're like, what are you talking about? I'm not into publishing. So I'm like, I'm going to have to call it something different for them to pay attention. And that's when I started using the term content marketing. This was about 2001, 2002. And then when I left Pentamedia to start what became Content Marketing Institute, I immediately went all in with the term content marketing. And that sort of became the industry term in 2010, 2011. And I don't know if it would have taken off like it did unless we positioned this as a marketing thing, just like search marketing, just like social media marketing, just like direct marketing. Content marketing has its own idiosyncrasies as well that we need to learn as marketers. So that's how I got started. I fell in love with the practice of content marketing that you have to deliver value in the form of you know consistent, relevant pieces of information targeted at a specific audience to create some kind of a customer behavior. I thought that was great that I'm not just trying to interrupt, that I'm trying to actually deliver value first and build an audience. And that excited me. And I've been in this industry for 20 years now. Wonderful. A lot to unpack there, but you're credited with the coining of the word content marketing. And content marketing has come a long way, right? Right. When you started in 2001, 
to 2022 where everybody's doing content marketing and there are right ways and wrong ways and innovative ways and not so innovative ways. In your view, how has the content marketing world evolved? Do you see any major changes? Providing value remains at the core, but does the delivery change? What's new and what's working? What's interesting is what hasn't changed actually, because if you go in, if you look at Content Marketing Institute research right now, the average company delivers content 13 to 16 different ways. They're, they're tweeting, they're on Instagram, they're doing webinars, they're doing events, they're doing podcasts, they're doing all kinds of, they're doing all the things. But what we've learned that is successful first and foremost is you need to focus on doing one or two things really well. So are you, so first of all, who's that particular audience you're trying to target? Very, get very specific. What is your, what we call a content tilt? What's your differentiation area? What are you going to do to break out of all that clutter? And then you don't do all the things. You usually pick one thing. I'm going to do an amazing e-newsletter. I'm going to do an amazing podcast. It's going to be an amazing Instagram Reels series or a YouTube channel or whatever it is, instead of doing everything. And we've learned this really well from, from individual creators where individual creators are Twitch streamers, they're YouTubers, they're podcasters first and foremost, and then they branch out and diversify. Well, if you look at the greatest media companies of all time, that's how they started. New York Times started as a newspaper. Huffington Post started as just one blog. Now they're 400 or 500 different blogs. TED Talks started as just a talk series. Now they are a fully functional, diversified media company. So that's where I think a lot of content marketers watching this and listening to this can learn where you don't want to boil the ocean with all your content. You want to first and foremost focus on how you can be amazing to a niche audience, build their loyalty, have them come to know, like, and trust you. And then once that happens and you build that audience, then you can go ahead and diversify like a media company would today. And through all that, as to your point, we're going to have new delivery mechanisms. Things are going to move from, from audio. You're going to have all kinds of things happen when you get to self-driving cars and you get that form of entertainment that's going to happen. So you're going to fight. We had the fight over the house. You're going to have the fight over the car. Who knows where it's going to go, but you can still be effective in in-person events, in print, in audio, in video. Everything can be effective depending on how you want to approach it. But it's all about what's my differentiation area? And then am I, am I delivering consistently to that audience over a long period of time? And then you can diversify and do all the things. So in summary, am I hearing that start with one form of content or one channel, really kind of nail it down and then try and diversify rather than kind of spreading yourself too thin? Absolutely. I have no problem with somebody that says, I don't know what I should do. Should I do a YouTube short or a podcast or an e-newsletter or whatever? So I'm going to test it. I have no problem with testing. But at some point, to build that what we call a minimum viable audience, you need to focus on one thing, sometimes two. Like I, I've seen a lot of successful creators, they say, okay, I'm gonna do a podcast email newsletter combo. So podcast, get it all out there and have people sign up for my email newsletter and to get that data, great, absolutely. But if we're looking on video, generally, you know, somebody's gonna make it on YouTube. Sometimes you see like an Instagram, TikTok, they're doing well at both, but generally it's one, it's TikTok or it's Instagram. And then they syndicate that content over to another site, but they really do focus on one. Twitch is all about Twitch and that one. So be great at that. And then you're saying, oh, okay, well now they'll do all the things. Mr. Beast actually is a really good case study who started in YouTube video and now does everything, right? 
But still, people look at Mr. Beast, the media company, and say, oh, that's a YouTuber. Well, it does everything else now, but really started by 11 years of figuring out what was that video recipe that's going to build that audience. And then now he's got 100 million subscribers on YouTube. Got it. Makes a lot of sense. Tinker around, figure out what's working, double down, and then expand. Awesome. I'm going to take this a notch lower, more practical. I think of myself as a podcaster now that I have so many episodes. How do I kind of nail this down as one channel? Some tips and tricks on content part of the podcast. So the one thing you're doing really well is you're you're getting guests on your show that <laughs> that will hopefully take that content and spread it out to that new audience. So you're doing something what we call in my book, Content Inc. I have a whole chapter on stealing audience. That's the best way to grow. So you've already built your base. Your base is on your podcast. You've got a consistent reputation to that. You've built an audience. And now we want to leverage influencers and steal their audiences and have that become yours. And I'm not saying steal in a negative way. I'm saying this is kind of the way we build these channels. So you can do that through me spreading that out to my audience. You can do that through setting up partnerships with other influencers where you could say, hey, uh, would you promote my podcast? Same audience. I'll promote your podcast. So those types of things. If you take your transcripts and you create blog posts out of them, you want to make sure you hit specific industry keywords that people are searching for so that you can be found on Google still. SEO is still really, really important. A lot of sites that we work with still get 40 or 50% of their traffic from Google. So you definitely want to do that. But I think where you're seeing the most growth on the podcasting side are the ones that put together the best partnerships with other influencers. And so my recommendation would be, okay, where are your key prospects or your customers, whoever your audience is, where are they hanging out in other podcasts? We'll list those podcasts down. And then you're going to want to build a relationship with those podcasts in some way. Reach out to them. How can you work together on a small project? And I would always say, start with one small thing. I'll do this for you. You do this for me. Or, hey, I'm working on a research project. Would you come in with me and work with this? How can you help them with their goals? And then once you help them, you form this relationship and you can grow that audience. And then the other thing is, a lot of people don't realize this, but when you say, hey, what's the thing where content, why doesn't content marketing work for some folks? And most of the time it's because they stop. So most podcasts, I think the last thing I saw was something like 40% of all podcasts have less than six episodes. Just wow. think about that for a little bit. So most podcasts fail because they stop. So what do we need to consistently deliver over a long period of time? Like, so I've got two podcasts, Content Inc. podcast and this old marketing podcast. And I think they're both successful. One reason is because we haven't stopped. Because we've been going on once uh, Content Inc. is seven years old now. And uh, this old marketing is going on nine years. So wow. it's, you know, it's a marathon and not a sprint. And I think sometimes we forget that. Right. Wonderful. And does the principles of consistency and partnerships work in other forms as well? For example, blogs or other forms of content? Absolutely. You can do like, I remember, well, take blogs for existence, for example, when we started what became Content Marketing Institute, it started as a three or four time a week blog. And I was like, well, how, how do we get more traffic to that blog? We created an uh, industry research program, if you will, a ranking, and I called it the top 42 content marketing blogs. And we went out there and we analyzed hundreds and hundreds of blogs and we listed the top 42 according to our algorithm that we made in. I hired a researcher to do some of this. And then I did a media release on the whole thing and I let the 42 know, hey, 
you were listed in this. Here's the little widget you could put on your site. And of the 42, we had 26 of people listed, put their little widget that went back to our blog site from theirs, talking about them as a top content marketing blog. And I know that sounds like, I mean, that was, we did that program for three or four years. It was really, really successful. It it did, did take time, but that was all about an influencer partnership. And I would probably say maybe eight or eight or nine of the top 20 are still really good friends with me today because you build these relationships over a long period of time and they work. So that's just, yeah, you could do the same thing with YouTube video. You could do the same thing with streaming. I, Twitch streamers are great about this because they'll they'll say, oh, I, I love this Twitch streamer. Come on my stream. I'll come on your stream. It's the same thing you're doing with your podcast. I think it's just a great way to do that because if you're a podcast listener, you're listening to multiple podcasts. If you're a YouTube watcher, you watch multiple. So if you have something around the same area, then you probably got something there. Great. So principles of consistency, partnerships, cross-promotion, they can work on multiple channels as well. Very interesting point that you brought forward was the creators, the Twitch users, the Twitch creators, YouTube creators are individual creators. And, and we'll jump to that in a while. But how do brands win how do smaller brands which is starting out win they are not creators they are their brands serving purpose for selling products or selling services how do they win at content marketing i think you have to choose a niche where you can honestly answer the question hey if we covered this area let's say it's a business to business area if we covered this area could we be the leading informational experts in that area? And most small businesses would scoff at, they would laugh at that. No, we're not a media company. We can't do that. Okay, well, let's go a little bit more niche. Let's look at a small, let's say we're, instead of targeting plant managers that work inside large plants, we say, oh, we're targeting plant managers in this area of the United States that outsource parts to India and China, whatever. I'm just making this stuff up. You say, oh, okay. Well, that's a really good target audience. And then what are we going to cover? Well, instead of covering cloud computing for plant managers, I don't even know if that's a thing, but let's say it is. We're going to say, oh, no, no, it's, it can't just be cloud computing because it's too broad. What, what, what specifically, how can we break a topic like cloud computing down? Is it the financial aspect of it? Is it the technology behind it? Is it the usability of how plants are using uh, cloud computing? Now, what is it? So you could say, oh, okay, here's my target audience that I'm targeting. And here's the industry niche that I'm talking about. I say, great, I've got an editorial mission statement that if we create content consistently over a long period of time, we can be the leading experts in. And that's what I would tell a small business to do. Find something that you can do better than anyone else. And then, okay, where are you going to get that content from? Most likely you have the expertise in and around your company. So figure out a process where you can get that content. So let's say you've got engineers in your organization and you want those engineers to write blog posts. Well, come on. Most engineers do not like to write. They're not good writers. You're going to just say, how are you going to do that? Go and get the information, how they can give it to you. Go and interview them. Is it a Q&A back and forth in email? What, you know, what is it? Tell them to record their thoughts while they're working, you know, whatever it is, get the raw content however you can. That's why it's so important that every small business hire an editor of some kind to take all this raw content and put it together. So then you can take that raw content and say, okay, this is going to be a great blog post, or this is going to be a great podcast. This is going to be a great TikTok series because we could do this little thing in 20 minutes on this, whatever it is, but then figure that. So I would start with who the audience is, 
how you can differentiate and focus on somebody that nobody else is talking about related to your products and services. So, so maybe a problem you can solve with your problem product or service that how do you solve it with information versus the actual product you're selling and then figure out, okay, how do I get the raw content inside my company? And then by the way, I'm sure there's lots of people that would want to help a lot of content creators out there that would like to help you. So you're like, okay, I'm a small business. Uh, are there bloggers? Are there podcasters? Are there YouTubers that are already creating content around that? How can I form partnerships with them? And we can help each other build this audience together. Wonderful. So if you're a small brand, don't worry about creating leadership or niche in a content type. Just kind of make sure that it's narrow enough for you to cover and not go broad and wide. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. I mean, basically, I mean, I came from media. So when we have, when we looked at launching a new magazine property, we said, what's the content gap? So I want everyone listening to this say, okay, what's the content gap? What's not being covered well enough? What's a new area that's not being covered? Or maybe the, the media company in your industry is just too broad now. And all these new things that, well, what are some subtopics that you can cover better than anyone else? So that's a lot of, lot of I think what a lot of businesses like to do, they say, oh, we've got to cover all this. Like, no, you don't. You don't have to do content marketing for every customer you have. If you're a business-to-business company, you have maybe six to nine different personas that you'll, you're targeting. Just pick one. Just pick one of those, see how it goes, see how it works. And then you can lean a little bit on what you do well. If you have really good writers in your organization, you might be looking at blog content. If you have really good people like yourself that like to be on podcasts, like to do this kind of stuff, maybe it's a podcast, a Q&A podcast. If you've got people that are set up to do video, great. Do some video. So you do have a say in it. You don't just have to say, oh, all our customers are not on YouTube, so we can't do that. Like You can take some of your own personality of your company and insert it in and see what's possible. Interesting. So find your own strength and double down. That sounds like wonderful advice. One of the aspects of content marketing is also content distribution, right? So content creation and then distribution. I specifically want to touch on the role of social media and content distribution. How do you see social media evolving specifically for content distribution? So there's a couple of ways to look at it. You could say, I have my core base that I have more control over, let's say with a podcast or e-newsletter, and then you could break that apart into different things on your social media channel. That's generally, that. that's what a lot of media companies have done, where you'd say, oh, I'm the New York Times, I've got the print, and then how do I take all this content and then drive people back to that? That's fine. But you have a lot of creators that started just on social media. That is their base. Instagram, of course, has been really successful with that. TikTok has been very successful. YouTube has been very successful. So you build your uh, your content in those areas as that's your core base. And then at some point, you're going to want to bring that back to something that you have control over. It's not that you have to do that, but you got to remember at the end of the day, and we're seeing this right now with Instagram, they're changing all their feeds. They're changing their algorithms. They're trying to catch up to TikTok. So a lot of people that have been on Instagram for a long time are really upset because they're like, Instagram's changing everything. It's like, yes, of course they are. They're going to continue to do that. Just like Facebook changed everything, just like Google changes everything. You have no control over what these channels or these private companies do because you're the you're the product. <laughs> it's free. You're the product doing all this stuff. And that's fine. You just have to know that. So I'll give you a good example. I've got a friend of mine, Wally Koval, who has a channel called Accidentally Wes Anderson. He's got 1.6, 1.7 million followers on Instagram. 
doing great, right? But you can't settle with that because you're like, oh, what do I have to do? He's moving those 1.6 to an email newsletter that he has over 50,000 subscribers to. If you talk to Wally, he would say his most valuable asset is his email subscriptions because he's got the data for all those people and he can control that communication better than he can with Instagram. So long story short with all that, I would say that if you're going to start on a social media channel, you do something that's different. You can't just get away with, oh, okay, I'm going to promote my blog out to Twitter and get any kind of traction. You're not going anything with a link today, LinkedIn, you're not going to get traction anymore. What you get traction on is original content, original thinking, original point of view to a particular audience. So what you see a lot of people doing for success on LinkedIn, they might do an original video specifically for LinkedIn. They might do a long article and publish a 500-word article on LinkedIn and get a lot of promotion that way. You see on Twitter, there's people that the people that are really getting a lot of follows are just making commentary as to what's going on in the market. They're not linking to any particular article. They're interesting for themselves. So what you really want to do is say, okay, let's say your base is a podcast. You might say, okay, to support that podcast, I'm going to dive into Twitter and LinkedIn because that's where my audience is at. And I'm going to, on Twitter, I'm going to produce three or four tweets a day around this topic. Here's the point of view. Here's the feel. It's the temperament. And the same thing with LinkedIn and create something particular. And I say, I like the idea of two because if you get into, oh, I got to be on five or six or seven different ones, it's just very hard to be engaging, to be interesting, even in a larger company, focusing on all the things. So I like the one base and maybe two different outlets where you can connect that from a social media standpoint. Interesting, right? The Art of Social Media is brought to you by Social Pilot. To find out more about Social Pilot and how we can give you everything you need to hit your social media marketing goals, visit socialpilot.co. And then make sure to search for The Art of Social Media in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click follow so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Social Pilot, thanks for listening. <laughs>